This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, Stu. Glenn, how are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm great. Great. Are you? Got my Grip 6 socks on today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I, set. I uh, wore my Grip 6 socks uh, when we went trick-or-treating the other day. Did you? Because it was a little chilly. Yeah. A little chilly for us Texas people. A little people. chilly. It was a little chilly. It's almost I, 47. I know. And I was like, I got to slip these things on because they keep my, my toes nice and warm. Yeah. Anyway, Grip6 is a great company. Uh, does business here in America. Does everything in America. And that is, I don't know if you're a business person, but uh, trying to make things competitively priced and make them of quality here in America is darn near impossible. And there's all kinds of shortcuts that everybody wants you to take. But those companies that don't take those shortcuts and actually do everything in America should be frequented. Um, their socks, everything from America. Their wallets, their belts, everything from America. Put your hard-earned money into a company that does it right, right here in America. Check their socks out. Really great. Grip6.com slash Beck. It's Grip6.com slash Beck. students surrounding a Jewish student all by himself cornering him and shouting at him as he tries to get away now I I'm gonna start with that because the president came out yesterday and announced the first national strategy to counter Islamophobia we begin there in 60 seconds you probably spend at least some of the time thinking about the nutrition that is contained in the food you eat, right? I know I do. I think about it every every time I pick up a donut or one of Pat's Kexi cookies. I think, oh. wow, this is good for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm proud of myself for thinking about it, too. I don't do anything about it, but I think about it a lot. Ask yourself, do you think about the nutritional value of your dog's food? If you're feeding him or her kibble food, the answer is 
is you should think about it again because no matter what anybody tells you, they sterilize that stuff for a long shelf life. It has, by law, it has to be able to sit on a shelf for like two, two and a half years. This is why Rough Greens is so important. It's not a dog food. It's something you sprinkle on the dog's food. And it gives your dog everything that they need, including the probiotics, all the things that they sterilized out. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dogs are going to love it, they have a special deal for you. Go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. Call 833-GLEN-33. Give you the first trial bag for free. Just try it. All you pay for is shipping. 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLENN-33. Yeah, so we have uh, we have that super, super classic of now yesterday, Harvard students surrounding a Jewish student, um, which is, you know, it's wonderful. Uh, then we have <laughs> this Islamophobia, Glenn. It's just constant. No, I, you know, yeah. this people it's are crazy. scared of Muslims well, and therefore Muslims are attacking Jews. Right. Exactly. Exactly, something. something like that. Right. And here's here's Hamas. I want to I want you to hear this. Uh, this is a Hamas terrorist describing killing children. Here it is. Oh. Afterwards, we entered the house. It was near us. We entered through the window. We checked the house and heard the sounds of young children in the safe room. Mm-hmm. We shot at the safe room. Oh. Why'd you shoot at the safe room? Yeah. At the beginning, we didn't shoot. We passed by. We didn't hear anything. We ate dates and drank water. Mm-hmm. After, we heard sounds of young children. What sounds did you hear? Young children crying. Yeah. Can you demonstrate what noises so I can understand? The cries of young children, a young child. Like what? A child crying. Okay. I shot and Abu Amal Kamil shot. Until when? Until we didn't hear any noise. Yeah, we didn't hear any noise at that point. And then the army arrived. You stop hearing the noise. What does that mean? That they died. Is children logical in the Muslim religion? No. What did the Prophet Muhammad say regarding this? Children are not involved. So I ask you a question. If you entered in order to kill under the order of uh, Nakba from Hamas, what's the difference between you and ISIS? The things the interrogator showed me, there, there is no difference. The things I was shown. I saw videos worse than ISIS, the one as the interrogator showed me. Your father and mother would be proud of those actions? They don't know I'm part of Hamas. My father sees me, he will shoot me, he will kill me. Okay, uh, well, that's uh, that had a happy ending that at least, uh, you know, he was saying that he didn't have, uh, you know, he had a real problem with shooting the children in the safe room, but I don't know why he had a problem with it when he's with the interrogator and he didn't have a problem with it when they were eating dates. Uh, one more cut here. Here is uh, here's Kirby um, at his White House briefing, John Kirby, uh, talking about violent anti-Semitic threats. Listen to this. The people in this country making violent anti-Semitic threats are they domestic terrorists? I don't uh, know that we're classifying people as domestic 
terrorists uh, for oh, that. Wait I mean, a minute. I, that's really a question better left to law enforcement. I'm, I'm really? not aware that there's been such a, uh, a characterization of that. Okay, that's weird because people who went to the school boards and stood up for their children and said, what are you doing? They were domestic terrorists. But people who are making violent anti-Semitic uh, comments and threats are not. Hmm, that's weird. On the same day, the White House announced its first national strategy to counter Islamophobia. Mm-hmm. Uh, President Biden ran for office to restore the soul of our nation. He's unequivocal. There's no place for hate in America against anyone. For too long, Muslims in America and those perceived to be Muslims, such as Arabs and Sikhs, have endured a disproportionate number of hate-fueled attacks and other discriminatory incidents. Really? Now, we all know about the murder of uh, the Muslim, the six-year-old Muslim kid, um, allegedly at the hands of a landlord uh, who targeted the family over the terrorist attack on Israel by Hamas, that guy should go to jail. That's clear. We all agree that that six-year-old should not have been killed, that that is a horror show, right? Can we not make George Floyd out of this? We all agree that guy should go to jail. And it's weird. And look, sometimes there are coincidences that mm-hmm. pop up from mm-hmm. you know, just in time to time. And, mm-hmm. they, you know, they've got nothing to do. One thing doesn't have anything to do with the other thing. Mm-hmm. And that's important to mm-hmm. note because this is a heartfelt uh, policy on Islamophobia coming um, from the federal government. And not only, by the way, it's always Muslims and those who appear Muslim. Would you make sure it's yes. not just Muslims yes. that are that are people are afraid Correct. of? It's also those who appear Muslim. Um, but this is is just a totally unrelated story. Um, Biden's support among Arab Americans was fifty nine percent when he was elected, and now yeah. it's seventeen. Oh, what? Well, so, that's a weird coincidence. So it's just it's just total coincidence that he just announced this big Islamophobia policy. So I have to tell you that um, I don't I don't think it's just because of getting numbers to be reelected. No, I think it's I, totally unrelated. What are you talking yeah, about? No, no, I know that. No, I I know. <laughs> However, I think this is revealing. This is who the White House really is. This is who this administration is. This is showing you where we're headed, where we're going is he was saying, oh, we Israel, we love you. We love you. Hey, you should do a ceasefire, a ceasefire. No, you shouldn't. Would, would we have given the Japanese a ceasefire on December 23rd, 1941? No, no, we wouldn't have, especially when you hear things uh, like you hear from uh, Hamas. Here's a Hamas spokesperson, Ghazi Hamad. I'm going to play just a little bit of it, but I, I'll just read it to you. Here he is. Uh, cut two, please. We must teach Israel a lesson, and we'll do this again and again. The Al-Aqsa flood is just the first. So what he's saying here, listen to this. Israel is a country that has no place on our land. We must remove this country because it constitutes a security, military, and political catastrophe to the Arab and Islamic nation, and it must be finished. 
We're not ashamed to say this full force. We must teach Israel a lesson and we'll do it again and again. Will we have to pay a price? Yes. And we're ready to pay it. We're called a nation of martyrs and we are proud to sacrifice our martyrs. The occupation must end not only in the Gaza Strip, but in all Palestinian lands. That means, he admitted, the Hamas goal is, quote, the annihilation of Israel. The existence of Israel is illogical. The existence of Israel is what causes all of that pain, blood and tears. It is Israel, not us. We are victims of the of the occupation. Therefore, no one should blame us for the things we do on October 7, October 10th, October 1 million. Everything we do is justice justified to get to the annihilation of Israel. Now, why would you have a ceasefire? Why? How are you not very clear on what we are dealing with? It's a one sided ceasefire. That's oh, not yeah. a ceasefire. No, not a ceasefire. So here's the thing. This is showing us where we're headed. The the administration has already, as I showed you on TV last night, back in 2006, they were hemming and hawing, but they were talking about bringing Hamas into the LGBTQ community and uh, and bringing them part of this coalition because their goals are the same the destruction of the Western world. So they're going to pick Hamas. I showed you this video last night and they were like, yeah, I know. Well, we can disagree with their tactics because the question was, how could you get in bed with a terrorist organization? Well, we don't agree with their tactics, but we do agree. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm sorry, Democrats. What? So this is exactly what this administration, this is not what the average Democrat wants. But this is what the Democratic Party is all about now. Chaos and the destruction of the West. We're going to tell you a story in a little while about um, they're renaming all of the birds, the American birds. They're renaming American birds. Why would you do that? Because anyone, not just good people or bad people, Anyone who has a bird, an American that has a bird named after them, that's being replaced. I told you, well, I don't know if I, I told you probably in 2012. In 2008, I started collecting American documents. And the reason why is because I had a prompting, clay pots. I didn't know what clay pots meant. And one day I was on the air and I said, you know, these people hate America and will erase everything about us. If we don't win against these people and in my promptings, I had heard clay pots for months and I didn't know what it meant. And the moment I said that, I thought. Sacred American scripture. Our American scripture is our Bill of Rights, our Declaration of Independence, all of the writings of our founders. Clay pots is what kept the Dead Sea Scrolls safe. People were coming for the Dead Sea Scrolls and people knew in advance they were coming to destroy them. 
So they rolled them up and they put them in clay, clay pots where they sat for over a thousand years in the back of a cave. That's why we have the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I am convinced, after I read the bird thing today, I thought these people are going to erase absolutely everything about America. Everything. I, I think it's about time to put the, the, uh, the documents in a cave someplace away, and maybe they'll be found in a thousand years so people can truly know our American history. But these people make no mistake. Evil has swept the land. I'm going to show you some things that are out today that will show you. Please get my newsletter because today you can piece things together just by reading. You can see how everything is falling into place. Do you know, you know what? I, I am. I am a supporter of Israel defending itself. I am not a supporter of us sending troops into Israel or into Gaza. I have no desire to keep these forever wars going on, but I do believe we should support them and say, hey, you have a right to defend yourself the way you see it. As long as you're playing by the rules of the Geneva Convention, you got to do what you've got to do. Got it. I will tell you that I think that this is so well coordinated. Do you remember when, do you remember when, what was happening on October 6th before Israel, Hamas hit Israel? Do you remember what, what were we talking about? I'll give you a minute to think about it and I'll come back in just a second. Hey, America is not done one way or another. We still have a country for now, and it is up to you and me to keep on proving that, not only to ourselves, but finding ways to save what we have. It's time to keep pushing leftist ideology back into the pit from whence it came. And it is time for you and me to put our money into solid American businesses. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile company, and they offer dependable nationwide uh, coverage. So you can access any of the three major networks that everybody's on, but you don't have to worry that you know part of your bill is going to fund leftist causes. Last night I was um, at a dinner celebrating the 10th anniversary of Patriot Mobile, and they asked me to speak. And I, what I said was how proud I was to be any part of Patriot Mobile, because this is a, I want you to go to their website and read their mission statement. It's unbelievable. This is a company that says what it means and means what it says. This company has understood if they serve you, they can make money and then take that money and apply it to saving the country, saving the first amendment, the second amendment, all of the amendments, Saving children's lives, getting this crap out of our schools. That's their real goal. But they have to serve you right and give you a better service than you're receiving now and a better price. And they do. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Call 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the offer code Beck. Join me. Make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID.
What was happening? What were we talking about before Israel? What was happening in the world? Do you remember? Uh, was it the speaker battle? We had that going on. It was right around there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what were we really battling? What were we really battling in uh, the house? Funding for Ukraine. That's what the first thought when I heard this in Israel, I thought, wow, isn't that convenient? Now, I'm not suggesting that the administration did anything. Let's look at this from overseas point of view. You have the axis of evil, right? They have formally put together. In fact, uh, I think is um, uh, Iran calls themselves the the axis of resistance. Resistance. Yeah. Okay, and it's China, Russia, Iran. Okay, Russia has us bogged down in uh, Ukraine, and we're sending all of our arms, and we're running out of things. And we were starting to go soft and say, hey, we, I think we've done enough in Ukraine. China, Russia, and Iran don't want us to stop sending our arms overseas. When they saw, did, do you remember having this conversation? When they saw that we were sending cluster bombs over to Ukraine, which the entire world rejects. We don't use cluster bombs. Do you remember this conversation that we had? Why would we do that? I'm convinced that we have very little left. And when we couldn't send them the rockets and the things that they were asking for, because we're blowing through all of ours, we started sending them cluster bombs. That sent a signal to Russia, China, and Iran. These guys are on the ropes. We are depleting their resources, which will make China go right into Taiwan. As soon as we're so weak we can't do anything, they'll just walk into Taiwan. Iran will just walk into Israel. Russia will walk into whatever they want. They saw us. I, I would I would guess that there were maybe there was a phone call and they were like, OK, guys, we got them on the rope, but they're starting to wane. They're starting to wake up and say, no, we, we're enough of this, enough of this. Hamas. Iran. Go in. I really, truly believe this is their motivations are all real. When it comes to Iran and Hamas, they hate the Jew. But they're also trying to get the great Satan, us. They are trying to get us to deplete all of our resources. What Reagan did to Russia, they are doing to us. I think maybe we should wake up. Maybe we should have a different conversation than we're having. The Glenn Beck Program. Remember when owning your own home was this wonderful, crazy dream that kept you up at night with excitement? You were like, I'm going to have my first home. We're going to be insanely rich someday because I can just get a home and then wait a few years and it will just be worth millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got the house and uh, and then you've 
probably bought or sold that house and done another one. And he realized, wow, this is a real hassle. I don't I don't I don't I don't like this. Uh, and I don't know exactly who I can trust to sell my home. Well, that's why I started Real Estate Agents I Trust. It's a free service to you. And when you're looking to buy or sell a home or both, we pair you with the highest selling best real estate agents in your area. These are not people moonlighting between shifts at Starbucks. They're serious, full-time professionals that take the top practices to your house to sell your house. They'll sell it quickly. They'll sell it for the most amount of money and help you get into the new house. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The biggest savings ever on Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the code Glenn Plus and save 36 bucks. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It is Thursday. By the way, if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, I'm doing a uh, interview with uh, Ron Paul today. Haven't thought really? of yeah, I haven't thought of Ron Paul in a while. Hmm. There's a guy who was pretty right about things on the economy and the dollar and everything else. I'm going to be doing a one-on-one with Ron Paul. That's interesting. Uh, I haven't heard an interview with him in a long, a long time. time. Long yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I just, you know, look, we all know there is a back and forth between the Israelis and Hamas. You know, there's two sides to this issue. And that's what's important to understand. Sure. And there's one side that is, you know, murdering and raping and beheading the other side. And then Uh the other side who keeps, you know, I mean, they're part of that, too. They're getting the beheading, beheaded. Yeah. and That's right. It takes two to murder. tango. Right. Two, takes two to, thank you. Yes, it takes thank two you. to tango. Mm-hmm. And I've been hearing a lot of these headlines that this is my favorite one from Axios. Their headline to the story is anti-Arab and anti-Semitic hate crimes are surging in New York City. Mm. Now, now, it's both sides. Yeah. Right. Like both. It's happening to both. Right. Now we're going to lead with the anti-Arab one. Yeah. Anti-Arab and anti-Semitic. But anti- it's both sides. That's what you sure. need to understand. Got it. Both sides. Right. Here. It's happening. Are there and, any stats or anything to that article? Uh, I don't know if we need to go into that. You know, we well, just uh, know that both anti-Arab wait, and anti-Semitic are, I mean, hate crimes are rising. Are there, there any stats at all? Well, there's some. Okay. You know, there's yeah. some. Okay. You know, for, like what? Well, for example. In the same article. In the same article. Yeah, all right. This is the evidence that yeah, they're both okay, going sure. up. Yeah, okay, sure. They're both going up. For example, um, in September, mm-hmm. there were 16 anti-Semitic hate crimes in New York City. 16. 16. 16. Right. And that has risen in October yeah. to 69. From 16 to, to 69. 69. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a right. huge increase, sure. right? Yeah. You know, and then so that's that's what we're talking about. That's no, we're talking. But what is the comparison? I mean, because they led with the anti-Islamic, so there has to be a lot. What what did we start with? Twenty five, and we're now up to one hundred and twenty five. No, 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 no. What what are we? We started. It was it was less than twenty five. We started with what did we start with? One, one. Okay, and what is it's up to eight. Huh. So look, that is an increase. Yeah, it and is. And percentage-wise, it's even more it than is. the Jewish increase. It is. Right. But it's However, still half of the, the starting re- yeah. line. So think about this. We're <laughs> yeah. getting a both sides uh, yeah. pr- presentation uh-huh. 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 of a- the anti-Arab attacks, which have mm. risen and have risen, according mm. to this article, sure. to half 
of a normal month for Jews. Hmm. Okay? Not half of what it is now, but half of, of a, a normal, normal, typical, you're a Jew right. living in New York City, no attacks <laughs> going on overseas. Right. Got it. It's now risen to half of, of that. that amount, okay. All right. or one-ninth of what it is okay. now. Sure. But, you know, it's going up on both sides, okay. Glenn. So let me let me tell you something that I Ugh. found in Vice today. Oh. Uh, because they got an opinion on this. And this should tell you everything you need to know about why the Islamophobia thing is coming out, why they are giving you one-ninth and comparing it. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to this. Around 40 people affis- affiliated with the National Justice Party, a white nationalist and anti-Semitic group, gathered in front of the White House to protest Israel last weekend. The group was led by blah, 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 longtime white nationalist who previously used the alias Mike Enoch, and he was one of the architects of the deadly 2017 Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. And Vice was probably the top news organization that covered that event, right? Like they did the big documentary about it at the time. So they were right there for this. They know this group. So Israel... Quote, is a pure genocidal state. Make no mistake, he told rally attendees over the PA system. We're Americans. We've been snookered into supporting Israel by Jewish control of our banks, our media, and our politicians. But we have to say enough and rise up as people. Now, that was that was the white supremacist? Or was this that white guy, or yeah, was this it- is No, this is the guy talking in front of the White House, okay? Okay. And he's speaking in front of the White House, anti-Israel, pro-Palestinian rallies. Okay, the same guy that was everywhere. Apparently, you know, after Charlottesville, there were Nazis everywhere. Oh, I remember white supremacists, the number one threat to our nation. Could not get a tiki torch at Home Depot. Right. There was, okay. They were using them all for all, racist rallies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now listen to the way they're now described. Their small demonstration uh-huh. was dwarfed by the hundreds strong protest that flooded the streets of Washington, D.C. But his rhetoric is an example of how far right anti-Semites are trying to use the pro-Palestine movement, hijack some of its language, criticizing the Israeli government's actions in Gaza oh. And then use that as a vehicle to push anti-Jewish conspiracy theories oh. and tropes into the mainstream. Yeah, because you know when mm-hmm. you because you read that statement about how Jews control the banks and everything, and I wasn't entirely sure. Yeah, if that was a trope, if it was a trope or yeah. not, because or if it was a statement from Rashida Tlaib's office. The presence of the National Justice Department in D.C. shouldn't be seen as an indication. That there is some ideological kinship between the group. No, definitely not. They are now saying that the people who are saying pretty much the same things, there's no ideological (laughs) kinship. Gosh, these people are shameless. Okay, so listen to (sighs) me. Listen to me. Fringe extremist groups are first and foremost opportunist and will leap at any chance to insert themselves into a popular movement. Tell me when they've ever said that about the right. They are also going on to talk here about they're not pro-Palestinian. They just hate Jews. They see this uh, moment as an opportunity to get attention coverage and their banners and their images, their ideas into reporting patterns. Okay, that's Vice News saying this. Mm. 
you know and I know that when you support Hamas, when you are calling for a ceasefire of on Hamas, you are basically saying we should give Hitler a chance to catch his breath. They are saying Hamas saying the same things that Hitler said, and they are even saying it currently that that is their goal, that they will that the Jews will look at Hitler kindly in comparison to them in the coming years. So what is happening? Why is the White House doing this Islamophobia thing when the numbers don't bear it out? They're now trying to push national socialism as something on the right. I'm against socialism in all of its forms. I'm against collectivism in all of its forms. Listen to this. The Israeli government says their goal is to eradicate Hamas, which controls Gaza after the militants entered on October 7th and took hundreds hostage. UN experts say that Israel's retaliatory actions in Gaza amount to collective punishment. Now, what is that? What is collective punishment? Is that like saying all of one race is responsible for, I don't know, uh, slavery? All of one race is responsible for uh, all oppression? Is that saying all of one race is responsible for killing Christ? Is, is, that, is, that, is that what you mean by, I'm sorry, collective punishment, United Nations? Is that because I understand that being wrong. In fact, I, individual salvation is what I've been preaching. But you have collective justice. You have collective salvation. So a UN expert says that the reason why Israel is so wrong is because they're into collective punishment. What is happening? I'll tell you. The media is laying the groundwork. You, if you are for Israel, know that you are going to be hated because you stand for the chosen people. Doesn't mean I agree with them as a state. There's a lot of things they do. I mean, they're a real socialist state. I don't like that. They can make huge mistakes in war. I don't like that. But I will stand with the chosen people because I know the covenant requires. But you're going to be hated because who you're standing for. It is going to become less and less popular they are going to turn this whole thing around to where they can be screaming death to the Jew, but they're not hateful. But the Nazis, they will put once again into our category. They will once again say, see, the, while they're dismissing them now because they're marching with the Palestinians, they certainly didn't dismiss them in Charlottesville, even though. Everybody I know thought Charlottesville, thought January 6th was an abomination. 
Nobody said in January 6, hey, let's separate the good guys from the bad guys. Not let's not have collective punishment here. They are telegraphing where they're going. The whole Islamic phobia, the whole uh, craziness of what we've gone through already before, just in a much worse package is coming. They're going to turn this all back on top of us, and we will be the hated ones. Because we believe in the Constitution, we believe in God, and we believe God keeps his promises. So be it. But just mentally prepare for tough times ahead. For anybody who wants to stand and stand uh, for the next right thing. This is so transparent what they're doing. They're leaping through hoops to distance themselves from socialists, white national socialists. I'm sorry. In, in Europe, it might be left is communism and right is fascism. Here in America, it is left uh, is socialism, nationalism, authoritarianism, all of the isms. And on the right, it's small, limited government. And then beyond that would be anarchy, no government. The American idea is keep it out of anarchy but keep the government as small as possible so you don't have tyrants. Be careful who you stand with. Read beyond the words in the news. What are they setting up? They are setting up a state that is going to claim there, we are nothing but Islamophobes and white supremacists. That's what they're setting up. Meanwhile, they are erasing the frickin' names of American birds. Stu's going to do something on this uh, Stu Does America tonight on this, and he'll do it again tomorrow. But it's, it's crazy how, that's, how that started. But all they're doing is just erasing our way of life. Prepare to preserve our way of life. Back in just a minute. Emergency situations come in a whole bunch of different forms, and many of them uh, are the type where you'd want to have some food storage, you know, just in case. I mean, Biden and friends have done so much damage to the American economy. You could almost think this administration uh is an emergency situation. My Patriot Supply has had so many prepper needs covered. The biggest and most important course is the emergency food. You're going to want to get a three-month emergency food kit. They're amazing, compact. They last for 25 years, full of great meals. The meals offer 2,000 calories per day. They're easy to prepare. Little water, little heat. You got a meal ready to go. Uh, and they're really, really good. So you get that for your family. My Patriot Supply also sells biomass stoves, 
off-grid room heaters for power outages, gravity-powered water filters. Don't forget a water filter. Heirloom seeds, survival gear. It all could come in handy soon. If you're a camper or you just want to be prepared for any eventuality, please go to MyPatriotSupply.com and prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com This is the Glenn Beck Program. Most people have no idea that there is an invisible gap in their home's protection. Your home, your equity, your financial legacy, whatever you want to hand down to your kids, it's all kind of on the line when you're talking about house stealing. Uh, this is something the FBI has talked about quite a bit. House stealing, home title theft is another uh, thing they re- way they refer to it. Basically, these hackers get into your documents, they steal them, they sign their name on them, so it looks like they bought the house. You know, the money doesn't exchange hands, but it looks like they own the house. And then they are able to go to banks and say, hey, I have this house, I'm going to take out a loan against uh, my equity. Well, the equity, of course, is actually yours. So while you're living in the house, not even knowing any of this is going on, they're draining your equity and, you know, it's impossible to put back together once it started. That's why... The best way to do it is to stop it before it starts. Give it up by not taking it up. And that's why you have Home Title Lock. Home Title Lock is there to protect you. Um, You know, cyber criminals want to do this, of course. They are thinking about themselves. You need to think about yourself and protect yourself from cyber criminals. So what do you do? Go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, and there you can... uh, Hop on and make sure your home is protected. It's 30 risk-free days of protection if you use the code BECK. HomeTitleLock.com. The code is BECK. It's HomeTitleLock.com. Code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Coming up in a few minutes, we have a new song. I heard it uh, this morning from the Beatles. It is not to be released until uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time today. It's being released globally. It is a new song from the Beatles, never heard before. Um, And uh, I think George, before he died, right? George is the one that died. Uh, He did, yes. And John Lennon. George and uh, John Lennon, before they died, they both laid their part down on a track. Now, they've used AI to take and separate the tracks so they could remix mm. everything. It's incredible. Uh, and then Ringo and Paul came in and they did their part. And so they're releasing a brand new Beatles song. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's not your usual uh, Beatles fare, um, but I actually like it. It's strange. It's different. And this, the story is incredible. Yeah, it I is. mean, John it Lennon is. laid his vocals down in 1979. Yeah. And then George Harrison did his guitar track in 1995, six years before he died. Right. And then uh, the other two, Ringo and Paul, came in and did their parts. A pretty incredible story. It's an incredible story. And this is supposedly the last one. Like, there's, they've got nothing else. <laughs> got this nothing is it. Left. This is it. This is the last song yeah. they're ever going to release. Yeah. So and you're going to hear it here in a few minutes. Yeah, it's being, uh, we're allowed to release it here. Uh, in just a few minutes so when we come back a brand new song by the Beatles also the Marine Corps ball has been canceled mm, that should require us to talk about it for at least a couple the of minutes Glenn Beck program. let's talk about American <laughs> Giant American Giant makes great American clothing right here in America every piece from ground up 
You're getting true quality and true merit for your money. Uh, these are th- this is clothing made the way we used to make clothing in America. They are they've modeled everything and brought in the old looms and and everything. You're not just buying clothing. You're investing. You're investing in the process that will help save our country. We need to get back to independent spirit of American manufacturing. An American giant is doing their part. The cotton, the cutting, the sewing, all of it, 100% American. You can get cheaper, but you'll get cheaper quality, too. The American giant patch means something, and it will last for generations. American-giant.com slash Glenn. Check out their clothing now. American-giant.com slash Glenn. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. The very last Beatles recording has just been released. I heard it earlier this morning and haven't been allowed to play it until now. You're going to hear it. It's called Now and Then. Its story begins in the late 70s when John Lennon recorded a demo with vocals and a piano at his home in New York's Dakota building. 1994, Yoko gave the recording to Paul, George, and Ringo, along with John's other demos. Those demos were completed as new Beatles songs, and they were released in, I think, 95 and 96. But now and then, they got together with Jeff Lynne, who's a genius of a producer. He's the head guy of Electric Light Orchestra, ELO. Um... And they couldn't do it because they couldn't get John's vocals separated from the piano. And it was muddy and it it just wouldn't work. But the guys went in and recorded everything. It didn't work. And Jeff Lynn said, you gotta wait, maybe new technology someday. Well, someday is here. That was in 96. 
Now in 2023, AI comes in and Peter Jackson comes in. And he says, I think we can separate those tracks now and clean them up. So thanks to AI, the very last Beatles song will be heard in 60 seconds. So you get a call from your bank's tech support agent. He's got to do some kind of tech magic on your account, but he just needs the account information so he can work on it. You give it to him, didn't you? See, that was a test. Unfortunately, that guy was actually a hacker. This has happened to my wife. It has happened to my son-in-law. I mean, this is the way they do it. Everything you have could be online at any time. Don't wait for somebody to steal your personal identification and your personal information. Start protecting yourself from it. There's, it's equally important to realize that there are measures that you can take to help keep it from happening. Nobody can stop everything, but having LifeLock by Norton installed can save you so much money and hassle. My wife hung up the phone, she called me and she said, I think I just made a mistake. And I said, did you call LifeLock? She called LifeLock before she even called me. We didn't have a problem. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now, save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK. All right, 2021, the release of the Beatles' Get Back docuseries, directed by Peter Jackson. It was an award-winning film, audio restoration, using Wingnut Films' audio technology, Jackson team had demixed all of the film's mono soundtrack, managing to isolate the instruments and the vocals from the film tracks. All of the individual voices within the Beatles' conversations. This is what opened up the door to go back to the master of now and then. So they took the same technique to John's original home recording. They cleaned it all up to get his, the integrity of the original recording, but clean. Then, last year, Paul and Ringo started out trying to complete the song. Besides John's vocal, now and then includes electric and acoustic guitar recorded by George in 1995. He's no longer with us. Ringo's new drum part, bass, guitar, and piano from Paul, which matches John's original playing. Paul added a slide guitar solo inspired by George. He and Ringo also contributed to the backing vocals. And here it is. For the first time, now and then, the last song from the Beatles. One, two, three. I know it's true. It's all because of you.
from the Beatles. Uh, an incredible, incredible story. That's the second time I've heard it now. Um, I heard it first thing this morning when I got in, and I really, I liked it the first time. Thought it was okay. I really like it the second time. Yeah, I like it. I that's, it's good. that's good. It's amazing. <laughs> it is it's incredible. I mean, if you think about the the, the vocals. Think about what's coming. More than 40 years old. Think about all of the things that have been lost. All of, you know, mm. I don't know if you ever listen to any Billie Holiday or any of these, these classic, classic blues and jazz singers. You know, even the old Edison stuff. How you're no longer going to hear that filtery, you know. Uh, and uh, back in 1927, <laughs> you'll you'll be able to restore them. You'll be able to restore the Hindenburg, and with uh, AI, actually not just colorize it, really bring it to life. That's incredible. Think of all the quirky new creatures they'll be able to add to f- past Star Wars films. That'll be that'll, that'll be great. great. It's gonna be that'll fantastic. Be so cool. <laughs> this is great and though because Jar Jar Binks could be running the Hindenburg. <laughs> we know what happened. This is really. This isn't like a you know CGI thing, right? No, this, no, this is, is really just restoring, it. restoring it, and which is which is really incredible. Now, I mean, imagine he was in the Dakota, so he's in his room, and he's just cutting a demo. So he's probably cutting it on a reel to reel or something, you know, just in his home. Sa- it wasn't for sound quality. No. And to clean it up that much and be able to separate the piano completely out from underneath him. That's incredible. Just incredible. It's even incredible from just a few years ago. Yeah. You know, it's not even like, look, we talk about AI a lot in a lot of negative ways. That's a good one. And there's going to be a lot of negative things in theory with it. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of positives too. Oh, there's, there's some things. miracles coming. Yeah. All right. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. The Second Amendment exists for a very good reason. It's your right and your responsibility to protect your family, to protect yourself, to defend yourself and your neighborhood if need be. If you own guns, you need to be proficient at using them. Uh, going to the gun range, however... Kind of expensive. And quite honestly, not only the expense, I don't want to waste the ammo. I love going out and shooting. My family, we do it every summer. We go out to the ranch and we're shooting all the time. I just, it just drives me crazy to waste all of that ammunition. But you have to keep your skill up. Okay, Mantis X, it started with the Marines. And now everybody in the armed services use Mantis X. You can dry fire practice or you can use actual rounds. But where the where, whichever way you do it, it is like having the drill instructor standing right next to you, watching the barrel of the gun and saying, "Okay, no, you're pulling us too fast. You're pulling down. You're pulling to the left. Whatever." It will show it to you via Bluetooth on your phone or your iPad in real time, so you'll know exactly what you're doing, and then it shows you how to correct it. Ninety-four percent of the shooters improve within twenty minutes. I'm one of them. Start improving today. Go to MantisX.com. MantisX.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. So we've been talking to you uh, lately about the all-new uh, Blaze News. If you haven't gone to uh, 
theblaze.com. Please do go to Blaze TV, uh, Blaze New, ah, theblaze.com. We have too many names now. Um, but anyway, um, I want you to check it out. It is, and I'm not, I'm not saying, well, I can say this because I had nothing to do with it. This is the greatest relaunch of any news thing I've ever seen. Mm. It is unbelievable. There are no ads on it. It is worth just seeing to give your eyes a rest. Yeah. What, what does a website look like without a million pop-up ads? Oh, my gosh. Or any ads. Any ads at no all. No ads. Yeah. It is crazy. Um, it is so clean and so good. We're getting ready to drop another article exposing more of the lies about January 6th. We have also have an amazing collection of op-eds, including the one just published yesterday. Chip Roy uh, wrote an op-ed on where the House GOP should be focusing. Uh, and it's all made for you and made possible by you. We wouldn't exist if it wasn't you. So if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, thank you. And if you're not or you just want to support more of what we're doing, go to subscribe.blazemedia.com. Sign up for the Blaze News subscription. It's five bucks a month, $36 for the year. But I tell you, if you go to blazetv.com slash Glenn and use the promo code, what was it? Glenn Plus. Glenn Plus. You'll get the news and you'll save $36. I'm just saying. Uh, do that now uh, and you'll get the news and everything in your, uh, your Blaze TV subscription. Okay, so there's uh, something else that uh, maybe we should maybe we should know about. Do we have Sarah the the audio uh, from the forty thousand dollar big guy payment? I, I, let me explain this before we play this. Joe Biden received forty thousand dollars from Chinese communists. Now remember, he had nothing to do with his son's business. He never took a dime from his son's businesses. Well. Here's your smoking gun, media. Let's see if any of them report on this. He got $40,000 from the Chinese communists. It was funneled through his son, his brother, their businesses. And this came yesterday from James Comer, the committee chairperson. Where's the money? Joe Biden has said. Listen to this from the press conference outlining exactly how Joe Biden got money from communist China in his bank account. $40,000 in laundered China money landed in Joe Biden's bank account in the form of a personal check. And the Oversight Committee has it. Here's how that happened. First, Northern International Capital, a Chinese company associated with CEFC, wired $5 million to Hudson West 3, a joint venture established by Hunter Biden and a CEFC associate. Then Hudson West 3 sent $400,000 to an entity owned and controlled by Hunter Biden. Next, Hunter Biden wired $150,000 to Lion Hall Group, a company owned by James and Sarah Biden. Sarah Biden then withdrew $50,000 in cash from Lion Hall Group. Later the same day, she deposited it into her and James Biden's personal checking account. A few days later, Sarah Biden cut a check to Joe Biden for $40,000. The memo line of the check said loan repayment. Hmm. So remember, they've been following all these offshore accounts. They have subpoenaed all of the financial records from the family. They now and they have 80, 80 yellow flags 
uh, which is what they're called from the Treasury Department and from the banking community, saying this looks like money laundering. You should track this down. Uh, And so they are now. And there is a picture, Joseph R. Biden, Jr., from Sarah Biden for loan repayment, mm. $40,000. Sean Davis pointed this out, but the, the Bidens keep claiming that these are loan repayments. So where are the original loan payments from Joe Biden? And why were these loans never on his financial disclosure forms? You, you can't just do that. I mean, it might f- feel like you can do it. Oh, well, he's my brother. I can just loan him money whenever I want. Well, when you're in the positions that Joe Biden has been in, vice president of the United States, these need to go on financial disclosure forms, and they should have been disclosed. They were not. Also, there are tax regulations about whether you need to charge interest for loans like this, which you do. You are required it's, to. It's not like, uh, I don't know, I, it was my sister. She was in trouble. I loaned her money. This happens apparently all the time. All the time. With but, no genesis of the loan. Correct. Right? There's, There's no recorded, I gave the money to Joe Bi- to J- uh, Jim Biden and he's giving it back to me. Yeah. There's, There's only no, that he's giving it back to right. me. Right. There's no check going right. one direction. There's only checks going back to Joe Biden. So where, was it all in cash that he loaned? Was it like, oh yeah, you know what? We were out to lunch and I realized he's paid for lunch. <laughs> You know, forty thousand dollars over our <laughs> lifetime, and I just needed to give that back to him. What? 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 Look, this happened. That's the thing. I think people need to wake to like get a, their arms around the, all this stuff that happened. There's always political attacks. There's always suspicions. There, many times, those suspicions are wrong and they're overblown. Yeah. But like this one actually happened. This money was going through Hunter Biden and was getting to Joe Biden. This was a real thing. This isn't a you know, fever dream of the right who wants to take him out because, because he's president of the United States. They do want to, of course, remove him from the presidency. And that is probably their motivation for looking for this stuff. That being said, this stuff occurred. That's important. It's important. This actually really Why? happened. Why is that important? <laughs> I don't understand. I know. It's confusing. So he took money from the Chinese Communist Party. So what? I mean, it really, it, when you look at it, and, and there is still so much to find out. There's still oh. we don't have the whole thing yet. We only no, have, you only have one. We only we have, have one now. We have enough to show that it occurred, but it's obviously it happened many, many times. We have plenty of of breadcrumbs to to show that. But what it really looks like when you step back is that Joe Biden realized he was going to leave office. Mm-hmm. And he was probably not going to run for president. This is about the time that he was realizing, well, I'm not going to bother running for president. It was all the stuff going on with his other son. And, and he decided he wasn't going to run and realized this is my last chance to cash out. And all of these transactions happen right around that period. Now, he may have been doing it much, much longer than that. And it seems like he probably was. But he realized towards the end, and this might be why it's the easiest one to find, is he was sloppy. He was trying to cash out a bunch of money right near the end of his vice presidency so he could carry that into his private life. How much is your integrity, your loyalty to your country, how much is that worth? What would you have to have the communist Chinese give you to sell out your own country? The Glenn Beck Program. All right. Does it seem suspicious to you that a disproportionate number of abortion clinics are placed inside of minority neighborhoods? 
uh, like most of them. It's interesting that the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, was a massive racist. The tragic truth is, is that while the left is constantly pointing fingers at the rest of us crying racist, they are firmly behind eliminating more black and minority children than any other race. The Ministry of Preborn is on a mission to bring the hearts and souls of moms and babies together. All services are free. Assistance is provided for up to two years, but they can't do it without you and me. One ultrasound is $28. By providing a mom in need with a free ultrasound, it doubles the chance that mom picks life. And they go on from there and help mom because this is about saving mom and the baby. Preborn has a 100% charity rating. Get involved now. Please donate. Pound 250. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Keyword baby. Preborn.com slash Beck. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. The code Glenn plus. Support independent journalism. And you'll save 36 bucks. Congratulations to the Rangers. Texas, for the first time, right? First time ever. Yeah. First time ever uh, won the World Series. Kind of interesting that uh, this was the one team that didn't do uh, Gay Pride Night. That's true. They're the and only team. Everybody was, you know, their hair was on fire. How can they possibly? We're playing baseball. That's what we do. And uh, they won the World Series. I'll add to that, too, Glenn. You know, they were in 2020. They needed a home for the World Series Mm -hmm. and no one would host it. The Rangers stepped up and hosted it in their park. And the Rangers hosted the first full capacity sporting event in North America after COVID. The opening day Mm. of the 2021 season. No one. Everyone else was limiting crowd size. Everyone else was doing that. They had a full capacity game. Uh, it was great. Um, great. So I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not a, a, a Rangers fan per se, but it was nice to kind of cheer on a, a local team, especially because, like, I mean, Dallas has had a rough, a rough sporting go of it of late. I mean, they got the the Mavericks got a championship in 2011, but I mean, geez, it's back to high school for the team they actually mm. care about, and it's it's sad to watch all yeah. these Cowboys fans struggle with that year after. year. Year shut after up, year shut after up. year. Shut it's up. just torture. All right. And so, I'm glad to see them have a nice day. Let me change it. By the way, I was giving a speech <laughs> last night. I had to give a speech last night, and I'm talking. And right in the middle of the speech, like five feet away from me, <laughs> I look down, and a guy's not even looking at me. He's just watching the game on his phone. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, are you watching the Rangers game? It was very common. Yeah, no, I know. They're very into it. It was. It, it actually was fun to be in a city where this was going on, and they, they were like this. Uh, the Rangers, Glenn, by the way, were the of all four major sports had the longest run with no World Series champion with no mm. championship, uh, the longest one. So uh, it's been a rough road for the you Rangers. Was, what was exceptionally hurtful was it was a friend, and I'm like, what? Wait, so someone? Wait, your uh, friend? Yeah, at the speech? Like one of my friends. One of my friends sitting there watching the game. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I mean, I've been to your speeches before. There's not a comparison between, between World Series baseball Amen, and brother. Let's blabbing. leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> Yesterday, I told you about school choice and Greg Abbott uh, oh, making yeah. a deal with Speaker Phelan. I can't wait for some good news. 
you might have to wait a little while. As of right now, after we talk to legislators, this is not real. It's not real? It's not a real change. Abbott announced it. They still don't have a bill. They're not likely to have a bill. The Senate is demanding strong universal choice bill. The, the House is offering 1% to 2% or some other negligible number. The mm. past two days, the House didn't even have enough members attending to reach a quorum, so no work could be done. Looks like, looks like an announcement of nothing genuine. Looks like the governor is going to call another session since this one runs out, you know, by the weekend, I think. And they're nowhere close. The current House bill incorporates issues not included in the governor's special call, which means the governor has to increase his call and include other issues the House has raised. So far, he's not doing that uh, and not likely to do that since the House is you know, giving nearly nothing on school choice, but adding huge amounts to fund current public education. I mean, billions of dollars being added for public education nothing nothing real on school choice so because that my understanding of it was the the deal quote unquote deal uh, that was struck was between uh-huh. greg abbott the governor and the, the speaker of the Failing. house but that did not necessarily mean all of the opposition in the house was on board with that deal yeah. which is a big hurdle right so here's the i mean the, the guy who's checking this out for me said fake news this is mm. fake news That's disappointing yeah it's really disappointing Texas is one of only 18 states that doesn't have uh, school choice. All of the Republicans, all of them are for this, except for the Speaker of the House, uh, Dade Phelan. And this guy is, I mean, he's, he's a Democrat. Let's be honest. He's a Democrat posing as a Republican. And he is torpedoing this state. And it is time for Republicans to stand up and say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. We demand, we demand that you take this issue up in a serious way. I I want you to go to texasforschoolchoice.org, or you can text KIDS at 80550, or go to the website texasforschoolchoice, and you'll find your representative there. And tell them that you want universal school choice. Do it nicely. I don't have to tell you this, but I have to. Otherwise, they'll blame it on you. Uh, Make sure that you're not mean. You're not threatening. You just remind them that this is important for Texas and our kids. Most of them agree, except for a few of the rural Republicans uh, that have made some sort of deal with Dade Phelan. But tell them that... You you want school choice and Texas is behind it. Seventy three or seventy eight percent of Texans are for it. And that includes Democrats. So overwhelmingly, Texas wants this. Dade Phelan is standing in the way of it. He is the only Republican, uh, big Republican official that is against this in Texas. He's stopping it all. Tell the Republicans, you know what? Revote. Get him out. It's time for a new speaker because he does not represent the will of Texas by any stretch of the imagination. Now, let's see. Uh, The Marine Corps. I told you last hour that something was happening with the Marine Corps. Uh, They have canceled 
the annual ball, the Marine Corps annual ball. Uh, now, this is the Marine Corps command, their ball that is in charge of the Middle East. Their ball, the anniversary of the two, what is it, 248th birthday of the Marines uh, is um, is happening November 10th. And they've decided to let everybody know that we're going to cancel the ball, uh, cancel, we're going to refund your tickets, and uh, you shouldn't spend any money, see if we can get a refund on the hotels and everything else for anybody who's coming in, due to unforeseen operational commitments. So what does that mean? Maybe nothing. I looked it up. I couldn't find anything on, um, you know, on Google or search. And so I went to chat GPT. Let's see if I can. And I said, uh, has the Marine Corps ball ever been canceled in its 248 year history? If so, how many times and because of what? Marine Corps ball is a storied tradition that celebrates the birth of the United States Marine Corps on November 10th. It is known for its resilience and has been celebrated in various forms since 1925. There is no comprehensive public record of all cancellations. Uh, the ball has, but the ball has faced disruptions, notably during World War II. Lavish celebrations were toned down or localized due to the war effort. In recent history, the COVID-19 pandemic caused many 2020 balls to be canceled canceled or significantly altered to comply with health guidelines. But there is no record uh, of how many times this has happened. I just don't think it's a coincidence. I hope it's not because it's like, you know what? Ball is so discriminatory. Some people have one or two and some people don't and we don't like it. That's what are you even saying? Uh, By the way, if you have... (laughs) If you haven't, uh, this is a hard transition. This is a really, I mean, this is a gear shift transition. Um, also pulling the emergency brake mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, the parachute's gone off the back of the. <laughs> uh, the uh, if you if you haven't uh, joined us on our quest to do the Thanksgiving, the American Thanksgiving Covenant. Uh, I would invite you to go to glenbeck.com right now and, and sign up for it. Um, in fact, do I, I have it. Um, there, there's a final 15 day, um, exercise, if you will, meditations. We've been doing meditations online. If you haven't printed them, you can print them. Um, and it's just getting you into the right mindset for the American Thanksgiving covenant. A covenant is really, really important. And you don't get out of a covenant. You're kind of destroyed if you don't live up to your part of the bargain. It's not like, you know how God is always like, yeah, I know you just told me yesterday you weren't going to do that. And here you are again, but I'm really sorry. <sighs> Fine. Okay, I don't think he sounds like that, but maybe he does. With me, I think he does. Fine. Anyway, um, grace gets us off. There is no grace in covenant stuff. You, God's. This is a covenant you make with God, and he will not be mocked. Uh, it's serious stuff. Our pilgrims made it for Thanksgiving. 
Uh, George Washington did it right after he was sworn in on his first term in office. Like four hours he sat in prayer uh, with people and made the covenant. Um, Abraham Lincoln made it again in uh, Gettysburg. We have long forgotten it. And I believe if we're going to save our country, we have to make our Thanksgiving covenant again. And there is a 15-day program. You can get it now at glenbeck.com. It's absolutely free. But it will take you through all of the things uh, that, you know, you need to know. And it takes you through a little exercise that is really good for not only you, but the entire family uh, on hope and faith and charity, things that you should ponder, things that you should learn uh, to prepare you for the covenant, which we will be um, airing and making uh, the week before Thanksgiving. It's either Thursday or Friday, uh, a week before Thanksgiving. So join us there, and you can get all of the information and so much more at glenbeck.com now. Look for the Thanksgiving Covenant. It is glenbeck.com. Easy to ignore some things in life, even when you shouldn't. What's that? Oh, the, I think it's a check engine light. And usually that check engine light comes on. Oh, when did your warranty expire? The minute that light went off. Just find one of those little smiley face stickers and slap it on the dash in front of it. <laughs> I can't see it. It didn't go off far as I know. And then you'll, you know, be openly weeping in front of, uh, you know, cars as they're passing by you, blowing by you on the highway at 70 miles an hour. Unless you roll enroll with CarShield, then you're not afraid of that little light. Getting protection plans that start as low as $100 a month, flexible month-to-month coverage, your choice of an ASE certified mechanic, 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance, complimentary towing, rental car options. You also get no long-term contracts. CarShield administrators handle all of the paperwork for the repair so you don't have to. And with a whole inflation problem, you get a price lock guarantee. And it's not just for inflation. Your price will never go up, no matter how many claims you file. It'll never go up, even as mileage on your car increases. It's carshield.com. Carshield.com. Call 800-227-6100. 800-227-6100. Find the right warranty or the, I'm sorry, the right protection plan for you. Carshield.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. So, uh, open hatred of Jews surges globally. That's not a good headline. That's just not a good headline. Yeah. I mean, it seems like maybe the hatred was there previously, yeah. but just not being just talked bar- about. Yeah, that not much, being which talked is... about. Well, it was anti Semitic to talk about it, to warn that it might be coming. Right. That's yeah, true. That's you used true. to get in trouble for yeah. that all the time. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, um, let me talk about something happy here for a second. Well, not exactly. <laughs> I have such a screwed up view of happy now. Yeah. Have you seen <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon? No, is that the Leonardo DiCaprio movie? It is really, really good. Really? Yeah. And it tells a pretty dark tale of America, but it does it in such a way that it doesn't feel anti-American at all. Um, it's 
an amazing piece of history that you're like, wait, what? Don Imus said to me the last year of his life, and I'm like, whatever, Don. Uh, but he kept saying to me, Glenn, you got to read, you know, you got to read Killers of the Flower Moon. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm reading it now, Don. He'll be dead in a week. And, uh, and you were right. Yeah, and I was right. Sadly. But anyway, um, sadly, really? No. Was it? He was begging for it by the end. <laughs> arguably. <laughs> oh, man, I miss him so much. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it is really, really good. And struck me almost as uh, a Cecil B. DeMille movie. Remember how Cecil B. DeMille would walk out at the beginning uh, of like the Ten Commandments? We've found this story in the sands of the of the deserts of the world. And he would talk a little bit about the story. At least in the theater I saw, it had, uh, what's his name that, that did this? Um, the director, famous, Scorsese. Scorsese comes out uh, at the beginning and he says, hey, <clears throat> hey, thanks for coming to the theater. Yeah, that- And this is really an important story, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a piece of it with him at the end as well. Hmm. Um, and he told it so well, so well. And for a while, you really don't, at least I didn't, have any idea who the good guys were and the bad guys. And it's, it's really well told. W- worth seeing. Hmm. I, I, I've heard a little bit about it, but not much. Uh, is it, what's the, what is the background story of it exactly? Background story is Oklahoma, um, right after World War I, the richest People in the country were this this tribe in Oklahoma that were very poor until all of a sudden oil just starts shooting up everywhere. Right. Okay. And so they are just pumping oil like crazy. And so they're on the they're on the level of like Rockefeller. Okay. With mm. oil. they are wildly rich. Um, and then they just all start dying. Strangely. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's they all weird. start dying Hmm. and uh de niro's in it and he plays a a good friend of the indians and you know trying to figure out what's going on why are the people dying i bet it has something to do with money Hmm. but uh it's worth seeing worth seeing the glenn back program recently there was a study that reported 60 percent of women who had had an abortion said they would have preferred to give birth the problem was they didn't feel financially secure. They didn't have anybody in their family that would support them. Um, that's a tragedy. That's a tragedy. So this is where preborn comes in. I, I think, you know, yelling at each other and trying to, you know, stop, forcibly stop people is just not the way to do it. We have to love people. We have to love the children that we want to save and the moms I've met many of these mothers, and none of them that I've met wanted to do that. They just didn't think they had an option. And quite honestly, in some ways, they didn't when they first walked into a preborn center. A donation of $28 will help women make the choice that she won't have to regret. She sees an ultrasound that doubles the chance of life. And then, because preborn actually cares about the mom, too, They will take care of supporting the mom for the first two years of the baby's life. It changes life. Donate now. Preborn.com slash Glenn.
Learning what oh. you're about to hear. It's the first I've done that. Is the fusion of entertainment <laughs> and enlightenment. You're listening. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Radio Hall of Famer. Radio the Glenn Beck Hall of Famer. Right here. Hey, here's the here's the thing. Um, coming up, I want to talk to you about learning from the past and learning from each other. We go there in 60 seconds. First, when a service member dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty, who is it that helps the family pick up the pieces? You know, you're, you're a service member. You die, your family, with children. What is happening with them? How are they being taken care of? You get catastrophically injured. You come back and you're not the same person, but yet you are. You just can't do things the way you used to. If they lose their lives or are injured in the line of duty, Tunnel to Towers has that program. It includes Gold Star Fallen First Responders, Smart Home, and Homeless Veterans programs that help families on the road to recovery. And their Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance all across America. Over 80 runs, walks, climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, even kids' educational programs, and the best part, over 95% of every, 95 cents on every dollar goes directly to those programs. So you can feel secure that this is a legitimate charity that is doing good with your hard-earned money. Would you help out with $11 a month to tunnel to towers? If we want the government to do less, we have to do more. Go to T, the number two, T.org. That's T2T. Org. So I want to um, I want to talk to you about learning from one another, and this is something nobody wants to do, but we we have to. If you become like, quite honestly, I have been at times in my life where I just don't have anything to say to these people. I, what am I going to talk to them about? I have nothing in common. What that means to me is I don't think I can learn anything about them or anything about how they got to where they were. And that's when all progress stops. All progress, all learning stops. It's really bad. But right now, none of us want to talk to each other because we all feel like we're all surrounded by enemies. I want to play some audio, a conversation between um, a Republican representative and a Democrat representative. Listen to this conversation. I'm Dean Phillips, and I'm sitting with Tim Burchett from the great state of Tennessee. The only place in America where people don't speak with an accent. You know, going to your district was really illuminating to me. You know, I saw the beauty, and, and I recognized that that's what we got to do. Got to okay. break bread together. Go to each other's homes, you know, the people unwilling to talk to one another are the problem, period. Doesn't matter your politics. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've been in elevators when people will get in and see somebody in there and then they'll turn around and get out. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, are y'all 12? Yeah. We got a freaking country you're in, man. Frankly, I think it's a dereliction of duty to avoid conversation in a place that's designed to provoke it and promote it. 
Agreed. And I'm a conservative. I'm a, you look at my voting record. I can't even see your record because it's so far to the right. My peripheral it. vision. It. But like me and you, when we agree, we agree. When we disagree, we disagree. But at the end of the day, we're still friends. Yeah. If we're not modeling it, why would we expect the country to be kind and respectful and you know, love each other? Yeah. Thank you, brother. Love you, buddy. Love you too, man. This is the kind of conversations that we should have if everyone's entering in on good faith. If you're just playing a game and not telling the truth on one side or the other, then you're not gonna you're gonna waste time. But if we have a few things in common, like hey, let's save the country, then we can have real productive conversations. Dave Isay is uh, with us. Dave started 20 years ago, StoryCorps. Um, this is something that he works with the National Archives and. All of the stories of America just gets regular people to come together and tell their story. And it's all preserved for the National Archives. Um, And then he's also started something else that we'll talk about here in a minute. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, Glenn. Yeah. Um, So 20 years ago, what was your idea? Well, you know, the, the the idea was to take journalism and kind of turn it on its head because when we do interviews with people, it's for a lot of people to hear. That's the yeah. that's the purpose. And I had been I had been uh, making documentaries for decades, doing radio for decades, and I saw that like people being interviewed it could have an impact on their lives. And I wanted to try something that turned everything around and said that you know the final product doesn't matter. We want to give everybody the chance to be listened to. So we set up a booth um, and then many booths across the country where you can bring your grandma, your your mother, a friend, and you sit for, for 40 minutes. And as you know, the microphone gives you the license to say things you've never said before. Yeah. Um, Unlike social media. Yes. <laughs> the microphone, at least to me, is, um, I don't know, it's, it's almost permanent to me in some ways, you know, it. It, well, radio, as you know, is and, and as you've shown, is magic. I mean, it's yeah. like it's so intimate when you're driving in a car and your radio's playing, that person's whispering in your ear. Yeah, you know, it's right. like they're there with you. Right. Um, and, and, you know, social media is the ultimate in impermanent. And mm-hmm. what we were trying to do, and it's, it's the, the Library of Congress that gets oh, all yeah, of the these interviews, of Congress, yeah. that, um, you know, these are conversations that are built that, you know, we don't even know what they're going to mean to families 200 years from now, 100 years from now. So it's a chance to say the important things to the people who are most important to you. You know, again, the opposite of impermanent. You know, it's, it's shaking you on the shoulder and remembering, like, what's important in life. And then at the end of 40 minutes of talking to your loved one, you get a copy and another one, you know, go, it lives on and you become part of American history. Today, we just played the, the very last Beatles song ever yeah. produced. And we were talking about what AI can do, you know, and restoring stuff. Can you imagine if there was a guy like you, if we had the technology and we could have recorded the voices of the families in the Civil War that split inside and yeah. what we could call from that information, what we could learn from those conversations back then. Yeah, it's it's, um, you know, I, I think what we're what we're collecting through StoryCorps, because we're not talking about our CVs. We're not really talking about what we accomplished. Yeah, we're talking about what we've learned. So it's the wisdom of humanity. And we need, you know, as you were saying before, you know, that that interview between the two members of Congress. Imagine if every member of Congress was like that. It ends with these two guys saying, I love you. 
Right. <laughs> but I mean, I when do you ever hear that? The, prob- the, the, the problem is too many times is, you know, Jefferson said, question with boldness, even the very existence of God, for if there be a God, he must surely rather honest questioning yeah. over blindfolded fear. There's just not people are playing games with their parties and everything else. There's not enough. You know, I can sit down against somebody who vehemently disagrees with me and I disagree with them and say, look, there's a bigger thing at stake here. Can we get here on this, on this particular thing? And if you're dealing with somebody who doesn't have an agenda of winning, just has an agenda that is honest, they'll go. Oh, man, it's killing me to work with you. But yes, let's do that. And there's just not enough of that. There, well, there's not enough of that that we hear about. Yeah. There's but not, the truth yeah. is, as you know, I mean, we both, well, I mean, I think the thing that we share a lot in common, but our fierce love for this country yeah. and having been out in this country and understanding the country. So what we hear is not real. 90% of the country, and this is not, I'm not making this number up. Yeah. 89, 90, 90% of the country are the exhausted majority. Yes. They are sick of the divisions. They want to figure out a way through. They love the country. They want better things for their kids. They want another way. It's just that in places like social media, you know, every, like the shouting wins. And StoryCorps is an effort about whispering in people's ears. And I think that that's, you know, and whispering truths in people's ears. So how do we, how do we get this how how do we make an impact here so i uh, well uh so it's very hard <laughs> yeah i bet and there's a lot of money on the line you know against like rooting for us to hate each other yes and there's a lot of countries who like like nothing more than to see america fall apart oh yeah um so um we're it's an uphill battle but i i tend to think and i don't know if if you agree but I think in the end, good wins. Oh, yeah, I agree. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, it just depends on, you know, it's like, you know, everybody always says the truth will set you free. Yeah, it'll set you free. It'll make you miserable first Yeah, because you got to pay for all of the mistakes. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what we have to go through to get there, but good will win. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I really believe that. And I also, I know that the people of this country, you know, are good. I do, too. <laughs> I do too. And um, what we have to do is we have to change the social norms. What is happening now in this country? This is not normal, and it's and it's in in no way okay. Um, I just saw a statistic that was um, that was released last week, where twenty three percent of Americans. This is as of last week say that um, we may have to resort to violence to save our country. I saw that. Now that's up from 15% in 2021. So in 24 months, and you and I see each other, you know, we've probably seen each other five times in 24 months. Yeah. We've been, so it's increased by 50%. And it is like we can't see each other through. We have to realize that no matter what our politics are, it's that just, we're just people. It's know. so frightening because we are, we are, um, we are living in a place, I mean, like, for instance, I don't want to get all pol- political with you, but, um, you know, this this Israel thing, I can live with people. There are people here who disagree with me on Israel, and they have, um, they think they have more compassion for the Palestinians than I do, but I, I, I don't want to see anybody's children die. Right. I hate that. Right. Um, but I can't tolerate 
excusing terrorism. You cannot, you know, the ends do not justify the means or you become that. If Israel went in and started just shooting innocent people, um, I'd have a problem with that. We didn't do that. Hopefully we didn't do that in World War II. We didn't hate the Germans. We needed to stop the Nazis. We hated the Nazis, the German people we were fine with. Palestinian people, I'm fine with. Hamas and terrorists, I'm not. <clears throat> but we are still being pitted against each other. And it's really hard because you feel like, I, I don't have anything in common. If you can't see that, how, how do I live next door to you? But I, th- I think that if... if um when you sit again it's it when you sit down with people and you just talk to them you're going to find out you have much more in common than you think you do oh yes and that and that and and i i, I so um and if you look at what's happening and that's what we don't want we don't want anything like that what's happening in israel to happen here ever yes and that's what happens when you have a completely polarized society one of the things that can happen and we can't let that happen we have to keep seeing each other as human beings no matter what. And that's what one small step is. Yeah. You do StoryCorps and then one small step. Yeah. And this audience is the largest contributor to the conservative yep. side, right? Yeah. And and I, I have to – so so what, StoryCorps, we've had 700,000 people who love each other have these conversations. And yeah. one small step, just our strangers talking to each other across the political divide – not to talk about politics ever, just to get to know each other as human beings, because it is it's hard to hate up close, um, as as you well know. And uh, the the Glenn Beck audience is our it's our largest. Uh, so w- things we hear about the Glenn Beck audience: smart, nuanced, decent, patriotic. Mm. You know, not and 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 interested in listening to other people. Yeah, they are the ninety percent. That's great. They are the ninety percent, and every and and the the interviews that happen with Glenn Beck, like people are so excited when a Glenn Beck listener participates because no, it's going to be a good conversation. Oh. Um, and so you should know that about your. I mean, you're probably I not love surprised. This audience, I'm yeah. not. Yeah, I, this this so, audience is completely different than I think most audiences around in right. many and different ways. Probably people who are don't aren't familiar with with your show or mm-hmm. just kind of are, are just like yeah think probably think your audience are bananas or yeah, something like yeah, sure you know yeah. not true yeah yeah thank you for saying <laughs> not that. true thank you and and this is this is and 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 i actually think that the look i we are thinking about the election and we're thinking about the aftermath of the election and what what's going to happen to this country i i, I mean i i know you and i have been talking Behind the scenes, yeah. for years, yeah, um, and there's a tsunami coming at us. You know, there, there's a there's a poison that's running through the the veins of this country. And in one small step, we have a small antidote to this. What can we do? We can just fight. We can just fight with what we have, and what we have right now is one small step. And I hope that people in your audience will sign up and be a part of this. How do we, we have, do that? So we have thousands of people on a waiting list. If you're a Glenn Beck listener, top of the list immediately. <laughs> Really? You go right to the top of the list. Wow. So um, go to takeonesmallstep.org, takeonesmallstep.org. It's about five minutes to sign up, maybe less. Just sign up, and it's a one-hour conversation with someone across the political divide from you. Uh, it, you know, look, in this 
in this environment, like people are nervous doing oh, this, I know you they know. Are. But they come out the other end and they have a friend. That's so great. Yeah. It is so great. So if we can, and and we're just fighting to get this to scale as fast as we can before the election. I mean, this isn't going to end after the election, but no, look, no matter who wins this election, this election, half the country is going to think it was stolen. Oh, I know. So, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Dave, I know we're going to have a meeting after the yeah. show, but um, give me the web address again. It's takeonesmallstep.org. Okay. Take one small step. I can't recommend this highly enough. And if you're somebody that wants to make a positive difference, help take this step, please. Take one small step.org. Sign up for it. Thank you. Hang on just a second. Um, I've been um, singing American financing praises now for over a decade. And that's because they're really helping people like you in this audience. In this audience, the people who are uh, uh, doing business with American financing, they're saving an average of $700 a month. And you think, how? How is that even possible with interest rates going up? Well, because what you're you're refinancing really is your credit cards. If you have a huge credit card bill and credit card interest rates now are as high as 33 to 35 percent, that is insanity. Call American Financing. See if they can't help you out. American Financing, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 10-second station ID. You know, Dave, I've been I've been worried about anti-Semitism because it always goes hand in hand with collectivism and, and Marxism and nationalism and all of that. And uh, now we're seeing it like we've never seen it before. And, you know, I've been arguing that never again is a commitment to look at the seeds and pull them up when those weeds start coming up immediately. Don't wait for problems. You brought a story in. Can you tell me the story? Um, this is a dad uh, who was dying, and his daughter uh, talked to him before his death. Right? Yeah. So this is so this we are. So it's been twenty years, and I should say, StoryCorps won't surprise you. I mean, we're a nonprofit in every possible way, right? You don't pay to do this. Like everything, yeah, yeah. this is like all public service. So twenty years ago, Debbie Fisher, when we we had our first booth woman named Debbie Fisher came to StoryCorps with a friend, and she wanted to tell the story of her father, Oscar Fisher, who was a, a kid in Auschwitz. Um, he survived. His parents and all of his siblings were murdered. Um, and she wanted to talk about a conversation she had with him. Okay. We can't play the whole thing, so I don't want to play any of it. I, I just <laughs> okay. misjudged. We'll play it here after the bottom of the hour. Um, but it's a it's a powerful, powerful story. Um, and... Hopefully, we'll connect you to some of the things that we're trying to avoid today. 20 years, you started this. What is the unexpected revelation that you've had or the unexpected uh, lesson? What's what, what have I learned? Yeah. So, um, it, it's, so it, it, it's made me incredibly optimistic. It's made me love people. It's made me realize that no matter what your politics are, 
you know, that, that you know, it's what every, we've had a thousand facilitators, more than that, who serve a year or, or two with us, wow. collecting the wisdom of humanity, bearing witness to these interviews, and everyone gives a version of the Anne Frank quote. When they come off the booth, people are basically good. And there could have been some kind of a selection bias when we did 100, 1,000, 10,000, 100,000. Yeah, not now. Not now. Not now. Not now. So I am hopeful. I love this country more than I ever imagined that I would. And um, and I believe in people. You're such and, a good and, man. And the, the potential, if we can figure out how to get along, the potential yeah. of this country is it takes our breath away. Takeonesmallstep.org. Takeonesmallstep.org. Dave, thanks for being here. We're going to play that uh, StoryCorps lesson, father and daughter, next. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, if you've been living with pain in your daily life, I mean, can we stop making this about you? Gosh. Can we talk about my pain? Me, 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 me. It's the Glenn Beck Program. It's not the you program. Uh, I was in terrible, terrible pain. And... uh, probably much worse than anything that you've ever experienced. Uh, doesn't it kind of feel a little bit like that at times when you're talking to people who haven't lived in chronic pain, you talk to them and they're like, yeah, yeah, I've had pain before. Okay. It's a difference between a migraine and a headache, but okay. All right. Relief factor got me out of pain. Just try it. Three week quick start. It's 1995 it comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee. So really, you don't have anything to lose here. Just try it for three weeks. ReliefFactor.com or call 1-800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. When you feel the difference, you know it works. ReliefFactor.com. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn and use the code Glenn Plus. You will save 36 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Welcome to the Glenn uh, Beck program. All right. So let me play this uh, story of history and perhaps we can learn from it. StoryCorps, listen. My father was a Holocaust survivor. He had survived the same camp as Elie Wiesel. They were both the same age. And when my dad was alive and through school, I was reading Night. I was 14 years old and I went to my dad and I said, you know, I'm just reading this book. Is this the same Auschwitz? Because this is horrible. And my father said, oh no, it's a different Auschwitz. So for a long time, I really thought there were two. You know, my father's Auschwitz was a kinder, gentler Auschwitz. There was never a moment where people were dying in front of him. The worst happened the first night, and they killed his siblings, and they killed his parents. And then from that moment on, it was a bunch of strong-willed boys, and they took over. They stole bread and water, and they could hide it under their striped pajamas, as he called them. It was sort of like Robin Hood and his merry men meet the Nazis in my father's Auschwitz. And that was the story we were given. But... When he was very, very sick in the hospital and I knew I was losing him, I realized that there was no going back and that if I didn't make my move, I could not return to the moment of having access to his memories. And this time he was really tired and he wasn't feeling well. And I said, I need to ask you about your time there. You're now Schwitz dad. It's important. And I remember he looked at me 
and he had real anger in his face and in his eyes. He said, you know, Debbie, from the time that you were a young girl, you always asked your questions. And I always told you, we got food, we got bread, we divided it up, we didn't suffer. It was fine. And you keep bothering me and asking me the question. And I keep telling you, like as if I'm in a room, stop knocking on the door, go away. I do not want to let you in this room. And yet you keep coming back saying, let me in. And he said, so I'll ask you one more time to go away. And he said, and if you knock again, I'll let you in. But if I let you in this room, you will never, ever get out. So do you want to knock again and come in? And I said, yes, I do, Dad. And he was crying. And I remember he had covers on his body because he was really skinny and very, very weak. And he kicked all the covers off as if he was kicking down a door. And he said, fine, come in then. He said, come into a room that you can never leave. Come in. And then I said, can I ask you my questions? He said, you're in the room. You can ask anything. And I asked him everything that I ever wanted to ask. I asked him to tell me the real story. And he did. It was painful and scary and sickening. I felt a part of me had died. And he's right. Once you're in that room, you can't get out. It's always with you. This is the reason why Israel exists. For that reason. They're not asking for military men to come and fight. They really, they really only want the world to say, you have a right to defend yourself. You have a right to to go after people that came into houses and killed children and raped women and kidnapped people. You have a right to go get them. Because if there's no Israel, then they are at the mercy of every other country. Wherever they live, that's not theirs. That's somebody else's country. America was the only real bright spot because we believe you can come here and become an American, and it is your country. That really isn't that way that much anymore. People aren't coming here to make it their country. They're trying to make it their old country. And now Jews are under attack here in America. And uh, I, for one, don't think that they should have to hide in people's basements and be at other people's mercy. I think if they want to have a gun, and it's their country, they can have a gun. If somebody comes into their house to kill their family, I have no problem with them killing them. Self-defense. And the same thing for the country. But we've probably talked way too much about all of that stuff this week. Um, there is uh, something going on in Washington now that is just making me sick to my stomach. Um Tuberville, Tommy Tuberville, the Tuberville um, from Alabama, he has been protesting the Pentagon's use of U.S. taxpayer dollars to subsidize service members' abortions. Do you remember when we all decided, Democrats included, no taxpayer money will ever go to that? Well, that's all he's protesting. And he's not shutting the Pentagon down. He's just saying, you know what? There's a fast way to get people their commissions and their, um, you know, their salary raises and their boost in, in status. 
we can do this the slow way or we can do this the fast way. But uh, I don't believe that we should have anybody paying for someone else's abortion. That's not the government's place. And we're not doing it in the Pentagon. And now the left is screaming that it's putting our soldiers in danger. No, it's not. No, it's not. How? How is that happening? By the way, people are just having to go in one by one. Instead of having one vote, you have to vote on each person. And he can't stop that. Well, the Democrats have been very upset about it. And now uh, you have Mitch McConnell and you have the Alaska senator, Dan Sullivan, uh, who you know got up on the floor and just attacked uh, Tuberville and his protest. And now he has gathered his little merry band of GOP war hawks and wussies. Senator uh, Joni Ernst, Lindsey Graham, of course, Todd Young of Indiana. And what would a pack of weasels be without Mitt Romney? Incomplete. It would always be incomplete. Um, yeah, I, I, for one, am just tired of, I'm just tired of these people always compromising uh, our, our hardcore values. Yes. Hardcore values. Why should the taxpayer pay for something that they might think is murder? Murder. No. If any of these guys say they're they're pro-life, you're not pro-life. You're not pro-life. We're not talking about banning abortions. We're talking about the taxpayer not funding the abortion in the Pentagon. No. God, weasels. I looked at the conservative review Liberty scores on the five senators you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Sullivan, 64%. Ernst, 62%. Young, 52%. Romney, 52%. Lindsey Graham, actually lower than Romney, 43%. Jeez, that's amazing. Yeah, not a great group. By the way, Lynn Cheney's back at it. She says... Liz Cheney? Uh, Liz Cheney. Uh, Speaker Johnson is dangerous because of his faith. He's undermining our republic. Shut up. It's so weird, too. Like, the Liz Cheney thing. You know, she's not like, I'm trying to think of like uh, Adam Kinzinger, right? Who's a guy who basically went on MSNBC while he was a congressman the entire time and sounded like a liberal, right? And he criticized Trump and he... Liz Cheney... Has a relatively, I, I should look up her conservative review score as we do this. Uh, it's not terrible. She had a conservative voting record and she voted for Donald Trump in 2016 and mm-hmm. 2020. In 2020. And now all of a sudden, she's not only against Donald Trump, which you could maybe argue would be yeah. understandable from her perspective. She didn't like what happened on January 6th. Maybe Fine. it totally turned her around on this person. Okay. But how then can you also be against every other conservative all of a sudden? Because like, just, you're changing your entire philosophy. No, because these people have such thin skin that if you stand against me, then you're my enemy. Hmm. I mean, Stu, how, this is a, honestly, this is a blessing God has given me. And that is a horrible memory. Horrible. When it comes to personal attacks on me and 
names and faces and stuff like that. I can store so much. Well, except for in this job, useless information up in my head. But how many times have people attacked me and then they've wanted to come on the show years later and you'd be like, ah, uh, no. Oh, well, do you remember? Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always telling Glenn not to book people. Right. And no, because I don't really care. I know. I don't care about that. It doesn't matter to me. Um, you know, so what? So what? It doesn't make much of a difference. And in the grand scheme of things. But the people in Washington cannot do that. They take everything personally. And I'll bet you that Cheney is one of those people that because the conservatives stood up against her, you're all worthless. I got news for you. I will work with anyone if they want to save the country. I'll work with anyone. You got the you got the Bill of Rights in common? I am with you. I am with you. Oh, let's see. What else did we not get to um, today? Um, the Mike Johnson thing is crazy, by the way. Yeah, we did a show on the sort of uh, Speaker Johnson derangement syndrome, which has popped up here over the over the past week. No one knew who he was a couple of weeks ago. Now he's the worst person ever. And just going through the headlines, they are blaming him for everything. You know, his his religious beliefs are terrible. His He's so conservative. He was the centerpiece of the January 6th, um, uh, you know, assaults on the Capitol, on our democracy. Oh, shut up. By the way, one of the pieces of evidence, this is interesting, Glenn, one of the pieces of evidence they used to support this idea that he was, you know, in the middle of the January 6th thing yeah. is he was one of the authors of an amicus brief that went on and tied into the Texas lawsuit that was trying to get some of these states looked at. Um, and I was like, you know, I don't remember it exactly. I wanted to go back and look at it. So I did. I went back and read it. First of all, it's not about, it's, this is not about Venezuelan, Sidney Powell um, mm-hmm. stuff at all. Right. It's, it's about things like, well, the procedure in Pennsylvania to change the rules, it's supposed to be done through the legislature. They did it through the courts. That was a problem. We have a problem with it. Um, it was, it was these, like there was academic, you know, I hate to put it this way because, you know, some people are very attached to certain parts of this story, but like, Mm -hmm. if you want to look at the way the mainstream media would look at this or mainstream conservatives would look at this, you'd say that there were some group, some of these accusations about the, the election were sort of not so serious and some were serious, right? He he wrote an amicus brief about the serious ones. All the very fundamental legal problems, the process issues with the election at the time. Most importantly, even more importantly than that, though, is the very front page of the amicus brief, which shows the most important detail. December 10th, 2020, before Safe Harbor Day, in the window of of election uh, legal uh, um, and, questioning that is completely allowed and the same and fought, done by every party every year. Right. And the same thing that was done with Alan Dershowitz mm-hmm. and the legal team for Al Gore in December yeah. of 2000. If you're before December 14th, your campaign not only um, should, could, but should, and and it really is falling down on the job if they don't question things that they think might help them if they believe they're real. And look, you could talk to, this is not just fringe legal theory. Tons of people believe that what happened in Pennsylvania was wrong. The problem with the way the, the Trump campaign and many on, on the right 
dealt with that was they didn't challenge it when it occurred. They waited until Trump you know, lost Pennsylvania to go back and say, hey, wait a minute, we didn't like the way you changed the law six months ago. And and on it, that was one of the big reasons they didn't win. I think if they would have char- honestly challenged that at the beginning, they would have won. Yes, they would have. I think they would have. All right. Uh, big migrant caravan is uh, coming our way. Good. Uh, there's a an additional uh, complication on this 7,000 people at our border. And I'll tell you about that coming up in just a second. First, over the years, I've encouraged you to lock down your finances in every possible way. That when things get really bad, you're prepared. Spread out your risk as thin as you can. That time has arrived. We're facing historic inflation with a potential for a depression. Our supply chains are horribly disrupted. Everything's a mess. Please, I urge you, call Goldline. You could be building a hedge against insanity. And it's no longer a question of if we've all gone insane. It's a question of how long is this insanity going to last? Get prepared. Here's the deal. With every box of 50 of Goldline's exclusive and industry-leading two-ounce silver maple flex bars, you're going to receive, at no additional cost, 50 of the one-gram mind-your-business silver bars. That means with every box of maple flex, you're going to get 1,000 individual pieces of silver. Also, if you returned a survey from Goldline recently, you qualify for additional bonuses on top of this special as well. So this all comes from a survey they did. What do people want? More people wanted silver. You asked for it. They got it. Call today. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. All right, so we still have open borders. The president doesn't care. Congress doesn't seem to care. There's a migrant caravan, another one, that has swelled by a 1,000 people since this time yesterday. Uh, We now know that Chinese citizens, a lot of them, are headed to the United States in that caravan. Uh, And apparently some Chinese... Would you call them officials? Chinese influencers are showing the migrants how to cross the U.S. southern border. So let's see. We've got people from the Middle East. We have good families that seemingly left all their families at home because most of what you see are 20 something men. Uh, we have Middle East. We have now have China. We have Russians. We have Iranians. We have 150 Iranian and Syrians that have come across that we caught, that we caught in the last month. Uh, So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Gee, do you think China, Iran, Russia might be colluding to destroy the United States of America and the Western way of life? Hmm. I don't know. But certainly this administration is not helping. Certainly. The leftists and the anarchists are not aiding and abetting. The Glenn Beck Program.